from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. It's funny you say that because most realtors don't consider themselves as small business owners. They're just salespeople. They don't treat their business like a business. Yep, I, I 100% agree. 100%. Yep. And that's why I think so many fail. That's why I'm still in business today. Yeah. You ready to? So, that, that's a great. Uh, that's a great opening. I, I mean, guys, listen to that. So we're just going to roll with this. We're going to roll with this podcast, and I'm going to bring it in for you here, and I'm going to allow yeah. Josh to intro in. But if you guys just heard that, that's Bubba Mills. We're going to interview today. And I can't wait for you guys to hear his story and how he is helping business owners. But, you know, I really want to focus on that for the podcast, this idea that the problem with most real estate agents today, and I'm going to then translate that to financial advisors, insurance agents, the problem that these people face, and, and we, and I even face it in my own business, is we so often don't treat the business as a business. We find ourselves in the category of treating it like a hobby. We find ourselves in the category of just focusing on what we're good at. One of the common mistakes CEOs make is they like to tinker in their business and the things they're good at. Like I've read a myriad of books in this. And, and this is like you can read on Fortune 500 companies and stuff. If you're good at sales, the CEO always just wants to be in the sales and, and tinkering on the sales. And you don't treat it like a business. And for you to be long term, I think it's Tony Robbins that says, guys, that 1% of businesses make it 10 years. 1%. Yep. You know, why is that? It's because they're so focused on the immediate transaction, the immediate paying the bills. They don't focus on building sustainable processes in their business that can help them scale their business. And that's what today's about. Yes, we have Bubba Mills. As Luke said, he is the CEO and owner of Corcoran Consulting and Coaching. Bubba's passionate about relationship-based business and believes strongly in corporate responsibility and community involvement. He has spent decades in the business world promoting these principles by crossing industry boundaries building a diverse partnership network. His goal in speaking is to always encourage and challenge his listeners towards excellence and success. Bubba, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate it, guys. I got to tell really you, do. you got to look at Bubba's video. We got to watch this video because his video quality is like the nicest video I've ever seen. Yeah, how are you getting He's that video? He's in focused. His background is nice and blurred. It's beautiful, man. You ready? It's a, it's a Logitech HD 1080p. <laughs> It's good to have you. It's awesome to have you on the podcast, man. Looking forward to this. If you could kind of just introduce yourself to the audience, give them a little bit of your background and your story. You know, why have you been on the journey you've been on? What's led you to where you're at today? So my, my journey was actually, it was caused out of necessity, actually. Um, my mom got beat up when I was uh, 14 years old. Oh, wow. Had dents in her head, got jumped by a gang, mm. um, got put in the hospital. A single parent, mom in the finance industry. Um, you know, dogs were treated better than women back in the 60s and 70s mm. in finance, you know? And we, I mean, literally, we were getting some government assistance. We needed help. So, you know, I got a full time job. And at 14, you know, what kind of full time job can you do? So I uh, I stole avocados from my neighbor and then sold them on the street corner. It was my first full-time job, right? That's yeah. awesome. Industrial. Right? <laughs> I love how it's avocados. Oh, I'm from San Diego. I mean, everybody's got avocados, right? So I was like, hey, 
so they were hanging over on my side. Then I got a little, you know, anxious and climbed over and got him. So I saw him on the street corner, uh, and then he caught me. And uh, my punishment was to mow his yard every week for the entire summer. And I went, wow, there's actually a value in that. So then I opened up a lawn care company, and I started mowing houses at nights and on the weekends. And then I got a job being a, a bagger at a, at a grocery store. Back then, it didn't matter if you were eight. You could do whatever. And they paid <laughs> you kind of under the table and gave us some extra food, stuff before it would, like, uh, spoil. We would get all the stuff. And literally, my entrepreneurial spirit has started at that moment. I've owned collection agencies, identity theft protection companies. I've owned three mortgage companies. Y- you name it. I mean, literally, been coaching since 1991. It's just, you know, it, life is business is life. Life is business. Mm, I love that. You know? Yeah. And, and most people, you know, especially realtors that are on here, you know, they're, they're like, oh, I'm an amazing salesperson, you know. Well, no, you're actually a CEO of your company. You just do sales. And when people go independent or open up their companies, they don't treat it like a business. They're still salespeople, you know. Um, and it just drives me nuts. And that's kind of why I'm still in business today. What what made you get into coaching, Bob? Like, you know, you've owned mortgage companies. You've owned collections companies. What made you transition into coaching? How did you make that transition? By accident. So <laughs> All the great coaches, it's by business. Right? I was horrible my first year in business. I mean, literally, it was terrible. If I, you know, <laughs> if I could go back and say, just don't do that industry again, it was horrible. Um, but I, I, the next year, um, you know, I grew like 400%. Well, from zero, it's kind of hard not to. Um, but no, I, I grew like 400%, and I started taking market share away from people. People were like, how are you doing that? And I said, look, and I use this quote forever. And I'm actually copywriting it because I'm going to be writing a book. Um, that's awesome. the title. Last, and that is, I'll be me, you be you. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. I learned in business years ago. I bought the same systems. I bought the same products. I did the same thing as the big person that produced in my area did. And I sucked at it. I was miserable at it. Hmm. The reason why is because I wasn't him. Like, I didn't have his background. I didn't have his people. I didn't have nothing. And the best I could ever be is a first place loser, you know? So I said, you know, look, let's stop doing this and I'll just be Bubba. And I'll be darned if like overnight success didn't happen. And it's because I was just being me instead of wanting to be somebody else. So how does one, I'm curious about that because, you know, I really agree with that, this idea of authenticity, but a lot of times, you know, in my life, in my journey, I don't know if you have camaraderie with this or not, but it's like you go, I just want to be me. And then you try so hard to be me. You don't even know who you are. Like, I don't even know who I am. Like, how, how do you help when you're coaching, you know, someone to find that authentic nature and who they are and build something around it? Because uh, I know a lot of people, they struggle because they go, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not talented enough to do this or I'm not this type of person and so they they purposely don't want to build around their strength because they don't think the strength is going to actually win them listings if they're in real estate mm-hmm. or win them investments. Like, how do you help someone do that from a coaching perspective? Yep. So, uh, look, and we coach everything. I've got lead generation companies. I've got a guy who creates apps for a living. I've got a chiropractic office, you know, watch company. It doesn't matter. We, we coach everybody. We're just everybody knows us in real estate, right, because mm-hmm. we've been around it for so long. And I, I do a session for military moms, 
Um, and I did the session on military mom talk radio. And it was this. If you can find out what you love, write it down. Once you find out what you love, figure out who'll pay you to do what you love and put an asterisk next to it. And then see if you can put two or three of those asterisks together. You got yourself a company. Literally, mm. it's that simple, right? Why do a lot of people get into real estate? Oh, I, dude, I can, I can make an umpteen amount of money. The hours or whatever the hell I want it to be. Well, they, they learned really quick. That wasn't true, right? <laughs> um, and I love houses, avocado green tile and pink carpet, <laughs> you know what I mean? So they took a passion of housing. They took a passion of sales and turned it into a business. That's literally how every single business starts, okay? Now, you take that part of it and you go to the next level and you say, okay, you know, you have this, this theory in, in, in business and that is pain, solution, pleasure, right? Every, every business is focused on that. If we know the consumer's pain and then we have a solution, well, we're not the only solution. Mm -hmm. You're at your mind if you think you're the only one, unless you have a very small niche market and then pleasure. That's what people decide doing business with us. So, you know, everybody has a SWOT analysis. That's great. I'll give you 36 of them. That's not a big deal. What I really <laughs> looked at is, you know, is what can I, Bubba, not my company, what can Bubba bring, you know, different than Josh? Mm -hmm. We might do the same thing, but I'm a different person than you, right? Yep. And what I do is I teach people, if you stay authentic, you stay genuine, and you stay true to yourself, no one can ever beat your business because no one can ever replicate that. I learned that at an early age in life and in business. No one can replicate you. Mm. They might be able to buy the same things, might be able to get the same, but they can't be you. So I literally have got most of my jobs in life by accident. Um, you've ever heard of Option One Mortgage? So back in the back in the heyday, they were the largest mortgage company in the United States. Okay, we got rid of our mortgage company. And they asked me to come in and interview for this position. It was called the high risk loss mitigation manager position. High what the risk hell's that? <laughs> I was like, what the hell's that? Dude, I originate. I got nothing to do with that stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, and they're like, dude, you know, you were really referred and, you know, we know you're available. Why don't you come up and, and apply? Okay, fine. I'll do it. So <laughs> no joke, guys. I went to Irvine, California. I lived in San Diego at the time. And literally, this table had nine people at it. Nine people. It's like The Apprentice. It. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, right? From, you know, from God A to God B to God C and then team manager. And, you know, there's, you know, 15 layers of management in those kind of companies. So I walked in there for the interview. And they said, all right, you know, so, you know, tell me, tell me why you feel you're qualified for this position. <laughs> Dude, I looked him straight in the eye and said, I'm not. <laughs> so... I, I'm only here because a friend of mine referred me over to you. Look, like, I don't know about this hybrid slash mitigation thing, but I've started every company by learning. I've started everything I've done <clears throat> by learning more than the other person, working harder than the other person, and staying true to myself. Mm. If you want somebody who's going to work for your brand and build what you're looking for, I'm probably a cheaper version than the other guy sitting out the door. <laughs> the difference with it is, is I'm going to stay loyal to you, and I'm going to dedicate myself to you. So if that's what you're looking for, I'm here. Oh, my gosh. Okay? That is amazing. That so is amazing. this is what happened. These millionaires, right, When I said, hey, does anybody have any questions for me? And they all went, no. <laughs> all right, I'll do. So you got my number. Um, you know, you call me if you need to. 
Um, so I left, I left the interview and I called my wife and she goes, how'd it go? I'm like, I killed it. I killed it. <laughs> she goes, really? I said, yeah. She goes, you get the job. And I said, no. Yeah. But I was true. You know, I was honest. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to drive down the coast from Newport Beach down to San Diego. I'm just going to drive down the coast, relax for a little bit. I didn't get 20 miles away from it. My cell phone rings. I answer the phone. I'm like, hey, this is Bubba. Because, hey, this is Joanne with uh, Option One Mortgage. I said, hey, hey, Joanne, how you doing? She goes, um, can you start on Monday? Wow. I went, really? She goes, you were the only person that walked in here that didn't sell us a load of crap. Mm. And gave us the true, honest facts. And we want to hire you on Monday. Done. That is amazing. I didn't qualify for that job, right? I've done things that other people didn't do. And the reason why is because when I made my my heart, I, I, I had a decided heart. I persisted without exception. And I stayed true to myself in everything that I've ever done. That's it. That's my true secret to success. Nah, is man, you, I, I, you, I love you know? that. It's like Les Brown says hunger. Like you got to be hungry. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be hungry. It's that, it's that same idea. It's funny. I maybe have shared this on the podcast before. So my uh, wife's grandfather, so my grandfather as well, but uh, he's very successful in business. You wouldn't know it actually meeting him because he is a, he owns like one of the largest orchards on the East coast. And, you know, in the heyday, it was really big. Uh, You know, it's smaller now because of the outsourcing overseas and stuff, but you know, his main piece of advice was literally because I asked him one, you know, his, you know, granddad, what, what is, you know, your main piece of business advice? And he said, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And it's the idea of persistence and loving what you do. And I always tell people, I'll take one passionate person over 10 technically skilled people any freaking day. Any That's why we always day. coach. You hire to culture, not to background. And it's right. so hard to do, man. It's so hard to do. Well, it's funny because everybody said, you know, here, the problem I have is that culture's being thrown out there like, you know, it's it's like every, oh, yeah, we got the best culture. And you're like, you don't even know what culture is. Don't even say that. Yeah, they think it's um, ping pong tables. Right. We're so going to get a ping pong table, Josh. <laughs> right. I explained it this way. Hey, Josh. Yes. Have you ever seen a unicorn? The, the unicorn? Have you ever seen a unicorn? No. No? You've never touched a unicorn? Nope. Can you describe a unicorn? I can. So you probably draw a picture. Don't you know? It might be stick-like, but you could draw a picture of a unicorn, right? Yeah. That's like what a, culture is. A horse with a you horn. You can't see it. Mm. You can't touch it. You can't smell it. But when everybody can describe <laughs> your culture, Dude, that's everybody a great can analogy. describe a unicorn, you got a culture. When somebody says something wrong and they went, damn, I shouldn't have said that. That's, that's a culture. A culture. Ah, that's a golden nugget right there, people. Rewind that. That is good, man. I love that. So talk about this problem of people not being the CEO in their business, right? That's your passion is you you shared with me before the podcast that you take a different angle to coaching. It's not just about being a sales guru or whatever, marketing strategy. It's it's more about becoming the CEO of your business and, and you take the business aspect. So walk me through what are the things you see that people are struggling with the most and then what are some of the basics and fundamentals that we need to be implementing? Sure. Um, so we basically, we call ourselves coaches, consultants. We're business coaches. Just happen to be experts in real estate. We've owned mortgage companies and small business in six countries. Um, 
we, we teach business, which most people don't know. And the reason why is because most successful people in business are usually the salespeople, and they're horrible at operations. I mean, <laughs> Amen <horrible>. to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they lose so much money because they don't focus on the business. They focus on the sale. Yep. So, you know, one of the biggest challenges we have is, do you know where your lead sources are coming from? Do you know how much of each lead source you're coming in? Do you know what your conversion rate is on those lead source and how much money you're spending on it? So there's two things that we have to measure in business, right? That's return on investment, which everybody knows, right? And then there's return on time investment. Perfect example. I live in a neighborhood and or my service area is a $400,000 average sales price. And I got a $1.5 million listing and you're like, dude, I crushed it. That thing takes you a year and a half to sell because that's not where everybody's shopping at, right? Yep. Mm. I come in and say, I don't want that one and a half million dollar one. I can sell 10 at 400,000 faster than you can sell that one and a half million. I'll stick with my $4 million worth of sales. Hmm. Which one actually makes more money? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. We never measure that in business. We just say, I got this killer freaking deal and I'm going to kill it. Yeah, it we... takes a year to sell. And you're like, McDonald's could have made more money. <laughs> yeah, we measure ourselves on the accolades. So yep. often on the accolades, not the net profit. But not, it's not, not the freedom. It's, yeah, it's not what we make; it's what we keep. Yep. I, I tell everybody that. You know, you know. The other thing is, I see. I don't know how many times every client we have. It's mandatory. We look at P and Ls. We look at P and Ls every month for the first six months, and then we look at it every um, every six months or every quarter for the next two, and then um, every six months thereafter. And the number one problem we have with new clients that come on board: one, half of them don't even use QuickBooks or an equal like a Zoho books or anything like that. They don't do that. Um, and, and I speak probably in front of 30, 40,000 people a year. I say, hey, you know, who's got, uh, who's got QuickBooks? And they're like, no, mm. I'm not big enough yet. It's $10 a month, guys. <laughs> you know I mean? You're not that big? <laughs> Cut out a Starbucks a month and you got yourself a QuickBooks. Because here's a challenge. Half mm. of the people don't even know what cost of goods sold are. Mm. And they're paying taxes on everything they make. Where cost of goods sold gets taken out before that, and you're paying less taxes on that amount. We literally can almost offset our coaching fees by what we save you on a yearly basis. Not just not including what we make you on top of that, but what we save you from running a business. And agents, God, shiny object syndrome. You got eight <laughs> things to do the same thing. You know? I don't know anyone like agent. that. Yeah. This, this guy. Over I gotta here. get two of them. No, you don't. You don't need them. You know? It's business, people. It's business. You know, it's not the size of your car. Look, we've got a 2012 Cadillac SRX. That's one of the smaller kind of, we've got a Yukon for business, that kind of stuff. But that's what we drive. We we drive the 2012 Cadillac. I don't need a, you know, 2019 Maserati. I could care less about that. Right. You know, there's too many stop signs today. 20 years ago, I'd have taken it. You know what I mean? So... You can flaunt anything you want to. You can show the big houses. You can you can show the big cars. You can do whatever. And I'll be sitting here retiring, going, "God, you're working your butt off the rest of your life, aren't you?" Mm. You know. <laughs> and that's the reason why is because it's what you keep. It's not what you make. Big, I love big, that. Big. Love that. Are you a new real estate agent looking to make it big? You already know you're going to need to work hard to keep motivated, but you also need that clear plan of action. That's why you should check out our ebook, The Ultimate Rookie Year Guide. It'll break down what you need to do on that crucial first year, month by month. 
Plus, you'll get free marketing tips along the way to leverage the sphere of influence you already have. To get started, go to ReminderMedia.com backslash Rookie Guide. That's ReminderMedia.com backslash Rookie Guide for a free Ultimate Rookie Year Guide. Don't wait. Take action on this today. So when you look at like a small business owner, you look at their P&L, right? So you're looking at that monthly. You know, obviously, you need to focus on income generating activities. You know, it's right. not about necessarily cutting expenses. It's about being wise, right? You want to be wise in how you're spending your money, but you don't want to pinch pennies because you're going to lose dollars that way. And so what? how do you walk people through the process of building their business sustainably, from income generating activities, meaning so often it's like we try one thing, then we fail. Like what, what are some of the sustainable things that you see that have lasted in, in the test of time, I guess, for lack of a better way yeah. to say it? Every company, no matter if it's an insurance company, a title company, mortgage, whatever, I don't care what I'm coaching. You need to have three minimum of three types of, of business, right? There's free, right? That's referrals, past clients, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you have leads that you rent. So leads that you rent is when you go to like a Sierra Interactive, a Wilopo, Commissions Inc., Boomtown, you're renting the platform, you quit paying for it, it's gone, right? Mm. And then you have to have lead sources that you own. Mm. So when you own lead sources, that's when you're doing your own marketing on Facebook and doing a $2 a day ad spend or we're you know, working with other small businesses. The number one way to generate business in your community is to be able to promote another small business in your area. That's called a nugget right there. Mark that down, so, people. I do this entire session called the Art of Reciprocity, and it's got over five ways of getting free business. It's just as easy as this, right? If if you guys take this video, right, and you say, you promote me on it. Hey, you know what? We did this video with Bobby. You got to watch this thing. I'm going to be like, oh, crap. They did a video on me. What am I now need to do? Yeah. I need to put it on my stuff, right? Amen, right. you do, Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got the memo. I didn't get the check, but I got the memo. <laughs> so, so now right, I put it on mine. I put it on mine. Now my wife goes, hey, you know what? My husband just got this thing. Let me, she's going to put it on hers. You know, Maybe my kids are going to do it. I'm going to have my team members so put it good. on theirs. So I'm going to get a blast. It's going to get the most marketing. You guys just got 10 acts on your, on your database by doing one thing. Yep. And how much did this cost you guys? Zero. Mm-hmm. Now, these realtors need to go to their local small businesses, right? I don't care if it's a quilting company. I don't care if it's a, if it's a grooming place. I don't care if they're solopreneurs or entrepreneurs, right? Stay away from the franchises. Let's do business with local companies. And go on an interview one a week. Do a Facebook Live or yep. record it. Edit it later. Put it on there. They'll put it on them. Boom. I just doubled my database like that. And it cost me nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's not hard, guys. That's not. so good. And I would make the point also to people, like, this idea of reciprocity is everything. It, it, like, we're learning so much and cr- trying to grow our social media right now. And I'm sure some of you out there are trying to grow yours. Like, the main place we're seeing success is when we treat social media, I, I almost enter it now like this, is what does Luke want 
oh, I want people to comment on my post. Oh, I want people to like my post. I want people to save it, all that good stuff. I want people to tell me how much they like it. So then that's what I want. So then I go do that to other people. Like I literally, and now in the mindset of like, okay, I'm going to enter this social media world. Not It's not about my posting. So much of it, I like go into social media and I'm like, okay, what am I going to post today? How is this going to look good? Instead of going, wait a second, I'm going to enter this realm of social media and I have all these friends that I'm connected to and then I have the ability to go search and find people locally. I'm going to go give to them what I would want, which is comments and engagement. And like, and so this idea of reciprocity is so powerful and, and really transcends. I mean, you could do it with your local community and partnering with local businesses. You do it on social media. Think about it when it comes to your door knocking. Think about it when it comes to your phone calls. I love reciprocity is really everything because it really is about a relationship. You're giving value to people. You're building a relationship. Here's, I guess, my next thoughts for you, uh, Baba, is like the problem I see, and I'm wondering how you kind of address this, is that business owners tend to do something one time and then bail. And I call it they, they spin their way out of the business literally like one dollar at a time they won't take their money and invest it in something like like i can't get an agent to spend a thousand dollars right because it's oh it's way too much money right oh i'm not going to spend a thousand dollars but they will spend that same thousand dollars a dollar at a time and with so many different types of products so many different ones and end up not getting anything because they're jumping from one thing to the next what has your experience been like how do you coach people how do you get them to lock in and what strategies do you see working from a consistency mindset in the coaches or the companies you're coaching so i want you to take your general sense of what you call marketing and kind of throw it in the trash i'm going to give it to you this way there is a true definitive difference between marketing and advertising okay advertising has zero roi is brand awareness and brand awareness. We'll call it SEO on your website. You can't just start a website, even though you have SEO, SEO, you know, maximized to the max on this thing. You're not going to get to that top position until it has had time to be able to nurture in the pool and organically get your way up there. Marketing is the exact same way. We start with advertising, which is brand awareness. Okay. Billboards, brand awareness. How many people say, oh, yeah, I saw your billboard, so I called you? No, it's not. Mm. It is advertising. It is consumers need to see a brand a minimum of three times to be able to have a brand awareness. Now, if I go to you and say, hey, uh, tell me two different brands of power tools. You guys can tell me right off the top. You got room for two to three brands. Now, say, okay, give me the other five. And you work a little bit harder, work a little bit, you'll get them, Right. So the brand awareness is where is the top of mind. We need to be in that two to three category. And statistics prove it takes two to three mediums of communication. Billboard, radio, TV, postcard, email, text, um, video, uh, Facebook. If you're speaking at a place, I'm working at a nonprofit with somebody, choose two to three of those mediums and you start getting brand awareness, right? And as long as your brand is what is solid, there's brand confusion that happens all the time. So I'm going to ask you this question. And do your best not to laugh. Are you ready? Yes. Ready. So, Josh, can you please hand me a little piece of paper that has a little bit of sticky in the back of it so I can write something on it and stick it on my computer? Yes. 
Is post that, it. Is that what I say? Or do you say, hey, post you got to post it? Yep. Is that called brand domination or not? Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. Because there's, there's other types. Kleenex, chapstick, all of these things we think, yeah. Now, think about Black & Decker. If I ask females, Black & Decker know them as small appliances. Oh, I thought of drill. I thought of tools, too. Yeah. And men think of tools. Interesting. It's an interesting concept. Is that brand confusing, yes or no? Uh, no. So be known for what you want to be known for. Right. Yeah. You know? To your audience. So when you, yeah. Yeah, well, build the brand on what you're amazing at. Mm. Black & Decker should have never gone into small appliances. It got their butts cleaned. <laughs> should have never done it. You know what I mean? They should have just stayed with what they were doing. Now, you get these real estate companies that don't know property management, but they're going to do it because they need to get property management. So, you know what? We'll figure it out, and they open up property management, and it dilutes their brand because they got nobody that does it. We open that under a separate name. We open title under a separate name. We open insurance under a separate name. They're not owned, nor are they related. And I run different um, classifications in my QuickBooks. So each pillar of business that you have, if you're doing REO, you're doing traditional, you're doing whatever, you don't have to have a new QuickBooks program. You can just use a classification. Then I can go and, you know, if I've got two support people that work on REO, I have to take their percentage of time and make sure that I put that on the classification for REO and the rest of it on my traditional side or whatever it's going to be. Now, when I pull a P&L by classification, I can tell you if a pillar is profitable or not. Mm. Big, big difference, right? Like an REO, you only get two, two and a quarter on the list side of it. You've got to do 15 inspections. There's going to be contractors. you got to meet everything else. There's not really much money in the REO brand. Right. However, when we're doing open houses and IDR signs that come off of those, that's where the money comes from. Hmm. So people don't classify their businesses and their pillars separately. And we don't know what's working and what's not working, guys. It's not hard. What's working, we increase the brand awareness, and then we start doing marketing. Marketing gets an 8 to 10 ROI on it, okay? So we've got the brand awareness out there. We've got our brand, what it looks like, what it stands for. Don't worry about the font and the color style. People don't give a crap about that because they don't know until you go to the market anyways. Focus mm -hmm. more on what you're worth and what you're going to give them, and then get your brand messaging out. The brand messaging, we'll call it your voice, okay? Yep. That goes out there. You guys have uh, Frank's hot sauce out there? Oh, yeah. So I put that beep on everything. That's their <laughs> only slogan, guys. It's that simple. Yep. <laughs> and world renowned because of some old lady who says, I put that beep on everything. <laughs> How much money did that cost them to market that? Mm. Right? We work so hard at all these different uh, marketing things. And I got to do this and elaborate. No, don't be elaborate. Be direct. Big difference. Yeah. Mm. Then your marketing turns into ROI. We have brand awareness. Now we can bring in, right, some rented um, leads that come in. We got a little bit of brand now, right? So, you know, Bubba Real Estate is now known in O'Fallon, Illinois. Let, let's bring in Sierra Interactive, right? Very inexpensive, powerful tool to be able to generate leads off PPC and off of Facebook, okay? And now when people see it, they're like, oh, yeah, I know Bubba. You know what I mean? Now it's kind of, ugh. where when people look 
they're going to be drawn to a brand. Guys, there was a test done in a city, and I don't remember the city. And they did an 8 by 8 campaign on a fake realtor, right? They did an interview up front and said, who's the number one realtor in the area? And they, they said his name, okay? Then they did a fake 8 by 8 campaign and made up this person's name and just did eight marketing tips, eight, eight, eight touches in eight weeks, postcards, letters, that kind of fun stuff on it. Did another um, you know, survey afterwards. Do you know who that number one realtor was? <laughs> the fake agent. <laughs> I never sold a house in his life. That he is was brilliant. Fake. Yeah. Right? It's so good. People don't it's buy crazy. from the best. They buy from who they know. Yep. Well, and people like doing business with people that they know. Yep. So you're in a cyclist club. People there are going to want to buy real estate and sell real estate through you yep. versus someone who's not in that same likable part of it. Nonprofits. Yep. You know, focus on where you are at and what you are true to yourself. And remember the statement has been said by 500 people. And that is people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Hmm. That's just it. No, it's so you know? it's so true. And I think people undervalue branding. I think, you know, because we can track everything today and we want instant gratification, we undervalue the power of building a brand and, and the understanding that in any business, like you think of farming. I always teach people when I'm coaching them about farming. I mean, farming inherently in its word, it's a long term game. You're planting the seed. You're watering the seed. You're weeding. You're doing all that work to, to eventually get that harvest. And so often, you know, it's just. I don't know why it is so much more today. I, I really want to say it's because we can track everything today so we can see if people click open our emails. We can see how many leads we get off of Facebook. But we undervalue that even when you, and I teach people, when you run a listing ad on Facebook, yes, you might generate some leads for that listing. It's, a, it's awesome for that. But also remember, it's a touch point to you for you that you are doing for your SOI, especially if you upload like a custom list in Facebook of the leads that you've generated through, you know, your nurturing of your community and your yeah. database. And you upload those email addresses in Facebook to create a custom list. When they see that listing, it's just another touch point to showcase what you stand for, the successes that you're having, especially if you do a good job and you kind of interview the clients and stuff like that. My brother Gets, he doesn't get a ton of leads at all off of boosting his listings, but he gets so many comments gets from his database yep. of, oh, I see you everywhere. Oh, I saw you got another, um, you know, got another listing. He walks into his bank now and the bank teller recognizes him. And he doesn't even know the bank teller, but now he does. Right. Now he's built, now he's building a relationship with her. But we undervalue branding. And it's hard because we did this early in our, and Josh can really attest to this. We, 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 because I'm a sales guy at heart. So, you know, you just want a median. What's, what's the return? What's the, re, like, what's the return on this podcast right here? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the ROI of this podcast? Josh and I are spending an hour every week to two hours every week doing a podcast. Like, what's the return on that? But it's all about giving value out into the world, which represents our voice and our brand getting people to know us, like us, and trust you. And we are generating leads now from this podcast. From this yep. podcast, now we're generating leads for our business. In the beginning, we were getting nothing, and it was well, a labor of love. <laughs> well, we found the value to be in this would be it really helps build the trust. So mm -hmm. like, we'll actually watch, um, and this is very tangible things that you can also do in your on your websites and in your marketing, but we will watch people come to our website. We will watch them then... Uh, go to our podcast 
and listen to a couple episodes and then ultimately make a purchase. And like they'll, they'll actually start to interact with the content, check us out, try and see, okay, who are, what is who, who this are company? These who bums? are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> Absorb the content, get the value that they're going to get. And then they'll end up making that decision. That's ultimately what the value of producing the content and sharing what we have with everybody is. It's not, it's not, we're going to send a podcast out and all of a sudden get tons yeah, of deals. It's really building that trust, that community. But think about this. So you guys have one product, right? We'll call this a podcast as a product, yep. right? That one product turns into four to five different ways of marketing. You got your video, right? We got this podcast. Yep. And you're going to cut it out. We can take audio, put it into iTunes, you know, yep. drop it into, you know, an audio part of it. We're going to put it on, we're going to put it on a YouTube channel so we can promote yep. our YouTube channel. And then, you know, we're going to cut pieces out of it. We're going to put it into our blog. Um, you know, there's, you take one thing and turn it into multiple ways. Then so you add credibility on four different, on four different pillars of marketing. Okay. Now we add a retargeting campaign to that. So when they're coming to the website, they're clicking on whatever they click off. We do a retargeting campaign, retargeting campaigns. It's pay per impression, not pay per click. And people don't understand that, mm -hmm. right? You might be you might be paying five, eight, ten bucks for a click. For five hundred bucks, I can get ten thousand impressions. The pennies. They've yeah, already been to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They've already been to me. Now I'm gonna chase their butts through Facebook and on right. the bottom of, of the Wall Street Journal. I'm gonna show up everywhere. Yeah. Like literally, I am I am virtually stalking them, is what I'm doing. <laughs> and all it is, think about it. That's advertising. Yeah. Your marketing yep. already got them to the website. All we're gonna do is brand awareness and advertising thereafter. So 500 bucks for 10,000 impressions, I'll do that all day long. Because the reason why is because now I'm top of mind. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. You know? No, totally agree. Your philosophy is really relationships, right? So, you know, it's something we have in, you know, common is that you know, that's really where I think the core of, of great service-based businesses are built is building relationships with your database. What are some of the most unique ways that you're seeing your and teaching your companies that you coach how to build relationships? So we teach the art of reciprocity to every one of our clients. And their goal is to be able to interview a small business once um, a week or once every other week. I and then I'm that. almost two. Okay. Um, we run a donation program. Okay. So perfect example. If your guys' school districts, like any ones I've ever lived in, and that is the teachers are underpaid, they're, um, they're overworked, they're running out of materials and everything else. So I want you to think about this in real estate. Okay. Every one of us that's listening to this, right? You have that drawer in your house that has a pens and pencils and crayons and that kind of stuff. It's a junk drawer. If you move, if you move, what do you do with that drawer? Oh, I'm going to put it in a bag, take it to the next house. No, you don't. You trash it, right? Yep. So as a realtor, it's our responsibility to say, hey, I'm just going to let you know, I actually collect on a weekly basis all these leftovers, and I donate them to a, a local school, and I choose a school every single month. That's awesome. So I do an elementary school, a junior high school, and a high school, okay? Look, I don't get anything for that. I get absolutely nothing for it except for servicing my heart and servicing my school and helping my grandkids get education, right? That's all I'm doing. Mm. But do you think that that creates a, a brand? You think that that creates what what my virtues and my values of my company are and who I am? And do you think that every teacher in that school knows that I've been doing that for 10 years? Mm. When that teacher wants to buy or sell a house, who are they going to call? Yeah, it's powerful. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's to the power of, I, I tell people this, I moved from San Diego to O'Fallon, Illinois. Don't ask me why it's a long story. <laughs> and this is a huge need podcast, so don't, I'm not going to go there, right? So I move here, and there's several things I don't know, okay? I don't know where I'm going to get my manicure and pedicures from. I don't know where I'm going to get my massage from. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the essentials. Out. Yeah. I don't know a veterinarian for my dog. I don't know who's going to mow my yard. Right. I don't know the Italian restaurant. Who knows all of that? Mm. But not one of my realtors ever share that information with somebody new. Mm. Preach it. So what if I called you, Josh, and I said, and I just sold your house, right? And I said, hey, Josh, look, I know your son Aiden's about you know, eight years old or not. I don't know if he plays football or not, but there's peewee football tryouts next weekend at, at Lincoln um, Park. And I wanted to make sure your son didn't miss that opportunity. Yeah. Oh, what a that's touch money, point. guys. Yeah, it's what huge. a touch point. That's money. People don't have a past client program. How about you just call and be friggin' nice? <laughs> Quote you know that. I mean? Someone hashtag that. Just call and be freaking nice. <laughs> you're, you're new to the area. You, you know, I'm, I'm going, look, you know, your son, your daughter, it's our jobs to know that, right? Right. Or, you know, if you don't have kids, you have pets. Hey, look, I, they're having a pet fair over at the thing. You can bring your dog over there, giving away some samples, that kind of stuff. People don't pe- people don't know that stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? That's You're new to an area. Yeah. You want to be able to have a past client program? I can get away with anything as long, and, and finish it with, hey, don't forget. You have yeah. friends, family, your coworkers, real estate needs, have them give me a call. Next month, I'm going to call you. Hey, I went over to Casa Maria, had the best carne asada I've ever had. Seriously. I talked to the owner of it, of the restaurant, and I got two-for-one entrees and a free dessert coupon for you. Would you like me to email that to you or mail it to you? Powerful. Well, ultimately, (laughs) ultimately your brand isn't what you say it is. It's what your clients say it is. And so what you're doing there is you are creating that brand that you're the one to go to by those experiences, by doing that outreach. So, Bubba, I know you, you know you coach a lot of clients probably on what to do on kind of a daily on a daily basis, what kind of habits to adopt. What are some habits? What are three things that you do on a daily basis that's really driving your success with your consulting business or just in your personal life? I am a firm believer of morning huddles. Like literally it's a game changer in every business. I don't care if it lasts three minutes, but it can never last more than seven. I don't care what level of management you are. I have CEOs of multi-billion dollar companies still have morning huddles mm-hmm. with their sales team, right? The reason why is because in a sales industry, we focus 80% of our time on the 20% less producing people. And the ones that are producing don't give very much time with us. So this shows us time every single morning, every single morning. Right. Never take yourself out of the trenches. I coach clients at six fifty a month, a thousand, three thousand, five thousand a month. I do those six fifties because those are starting companies. I still want to be grounded, just like all my other coaches. I want to be there. Mm. You know, people respect that. Right. If you aren't willing to do it yourself, no one else will do it. I clean toilets if I have to. It doesn't matter. Nothing is beneath me. Right. Every day. I walk around my office and I call out the four corners, right? I walk around to the four corners of my office and I just say, hey, how was your weekend? How was your night? How was your Sunday? Whatever. I think of one thing to say. It takes me 38 seconds to talk to somebody, but it lets them know and they see me visually every single time. 
Every I single love time. that. That's awesome. Okay. So we touch the four corners two to three times a day if you can, right? Some days only one. That's okay. That's okay. And the, the third thing that I'm going to ask that you do is that you never read my lips. Never. <laughs> Leave your office with emails in your inbox. It is the worst business thing you've ever done in your life. Ooh, if I, I feel a little convicted there. Yeah, seriously. All right, all right. If I literally, I, I go to clients' offices and I'll pull it up and I'll say, hey, let me see your inbox. And if it's got 150 of those little, oh, let me get focus back on. There we go. Um, 150 a little red number on there. I'm like, you are out your damn mind. You, look, look, let me explain this to you. Yeah. Feeling guilty here, guys. Go to your inbox. And create tabs and put period, period, Monday, period, period, Tuesday. Put the periods. The way it's at the top, right, because it sorts it. Hmm. You know, alphabetical periods go before numbers, right? right. Yeah. Period, period, Monday through Sunday. When an email comes in, you're like, I ask, hey, you know, what do you do? I don't have to touch that till Wednesday. Then get it out of your friggin' inbox, right? I love that too. Drag it into the folder. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. And then have your pendaflexes in your desk with the same thing. Monday through Sunday, paper comes in. I don't need it. Boom. I yeah. put it in the drawer. Every morning when I come in, I open up my Monday folder, and I pull my my Monday folder out. And that's the first thing that I do in the day is being able to circle back around to the things that I need to do. That's awesome. That is a game changer, guys. That will give you the best time management tool you've ever had in your life because there's a sense of accomplishment. We go home at night. Going, holy crap, look at all the stuff I still have left to do. And it's overwhelming. And it's not everything you have to do. It's stuff you have to do in the future. But mentally, business is the six inches between your ears. Mm. You either think you can or you think you can't. You grow the size of your ears. And you're only as smart as between your ears. <laughs> and that's why coaching companies are out there, right? You can only grow as big as you can think. My job is to think bigger than you. And make sure that you're grounded at the same time. That is awesome. Dude, Dude that is some great advice, Bubba. <laughs> that is great. I don't want you to look at my inbox right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, between my ears, that six inches <laughs> might be, I don't know. <laughs> we were here till 1 a.m. last night. Yeah, well, well, yeah, 1 a.m. Be here till 1 a.m. tonight, probably. But I, got but I love say, it. Hey, it's Bubba, passion. Bubba, why do people stay with you 15 years? Well, I would say, well, why would you think they want to leave? Do you, do you think next year when I coach you, it's the same as this year? No. Markets change. People change. Your business change. We're adding more pillars. Look, you go and buy yourself a board of directors and see how much money that's going to cost you. Mm. And then you call me and say, you know, how much is coaching? Well, we have coaching starting as six, low as six fifty a month. Can you get a board of directors for six fifty a month? Not even close, people. Right? No. And, and the interesting part about all of this is, if you don't get value out of a coach, that usually means you're uncoachable. Even a crappy coach can give you good advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they can accidentally give you a nugget, right? But if you don't get anything out of it, that's usually you. You're close-minded. Yeah, totally so, agree. I have two coaches. I'm actually a certified speaker I'm through the National Speakers Association. There's less than 900 of us in the U.S., right? That's crazy, yeah. I got a coach who helped me do that. I got a business coach. I did coaching with Andy Andrews. And I I do, I have coaches that work with me. And I own a coaching company. So why can't you have a coach that works with you and you don't do that for a living? 
Mm. Right. That's wild. That's a great point. Yeah, it's awesome. So what's something today? I mean, obviously a successful coaching company. What is, what is something that you would you would go back if you could and tell younger Bubba? What's something that you would what piece, piece of, of advice, advice, baby? Get you real deep on it. What would you coach <laughs> Bubba on? Yeah, don't tell me. Yeah. I don't, don't know. That worked out. <laughs> um, I, I would go back and tell my original self that you have to be you from the beginning. Don't don't. It took me years to figure out that. I was running in somebody else's footsteps and I could never mm. one catch up to them nor two ever be them. And if I would have been true to myself from the beginning, I think I probably would have been more successful. Um, and look, su- success to me is different than other people. Success means I can leave my office right now and take my wife and we can go down to the lake and just sit there and have a lunch or a dinner. Yeah. Um, it's spending vacation time with my six grandkids. It's, you know, flying to Germany, seeing family and watching an international, you know, soccer, football game. That's <laughs> success. You know, I, my money in my bank, the size of my house, my cars, that is, that's not success to me. That's some people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I never want to be rich. I always want to be wealthy. And when I, my aspirations in the original business, when I started was to be rich, was to be well-known, was to drive the best car, to have the biggest houses. And I did not focus on what the true meaning of success was to me. It was the true meaning of what somebody else's success was. Mm. So I would tell me, just be you, man. You, you, you be what you want to be, not what somebody else is. That's good stuff. Good advice. Uh, Thank you for being here, Bubba. Appreciate it. Hey, before you, we, uh, we close out, let people know how they can learn more about your coaching, how they can connect with you. Sure. So our website is Corcoran Coaching, like Barbara Corcoran, even though she's not related. Um, <laughs> it's C-O-R-C-O-R-A-N coaching.com is the website. You can always send an email to successteam at corcorancoaching.com. Um, we offer free 30-minute business consultations with you, and it's not done with a coach like all the other coaching companies out there. It's actually done by a business consultant. So nice. we will look at what you're doing. We can tell you, hey, we can help you. I had a call earlier this morning with somebody I didn't even bring on as a client because I wasn't the best fit. I sent them over to another company that could help them because all we wanted was a social media strategy. And you're just being freaking nice. Right. <laughs> it's it, it's not hard, man. I mean, seriously. Be nice, people. You know, look, my business card, my motto on my business card on the bottom of it, it said, this business card is made of paper and my handshake's made of gold. Oh. <laughs> That's beautiful. Oh, Drop the God. mic on that one. <laughs> That's, it's that easy. Well, we'll right? People we'll, know who I am right when you get my card, man. That's you know? awesome. Mm. We will make sure to get all those links in the show notes. So if you're listening to this online, you can go to staypaidpodcast.com. You can check out this episode's show notes there. If you're on a smartphone, you can tap or swipe on the cover art. You can get all the links there as well. So thanks again for being here, Bubba. Thank you all for listening. If you liked what you heard today here on Stay Paid, go on iTunes. Throw us a five-star rating. Do something nice. Yeah, do it nice. Be freaking nice. nice for your for your favorite podcast. <laughs> make sure to leave a comment. You can also find this podcast in video on staypaidpodcast.com or on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash reminder media. 
And you can connect with Luke or I on Instagram at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode, I am Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acree. And man, it's going to be hard to pull just one Dare action you. item. Try it. I know, but there's so <laughs> many good action items. It's amazing just when someone you can tell. Or at least I can because I get the privilege of doing so many of these interviews now. So I'm not yeah. judging everybody out there. But you can tell when someone comes on and when they share their knowledge, you can tell it's something that is just so natural. They have authority on the subject matter. And authority comes from what, guys? It comes from really frequency of practice and preparation. And that's what you've heard today with Bubba. I would encourage you guys to go listen to it again because he really has laid out for you some fundamental principles. If you're not succeeding in your business, if your business is running you and you're not running your business, that classic cliche that we all hear of, which is tends to be the life of most small business owners, listen to this right. podcast again. Check out his coaching because he can help you. I think one of the tangible action items I want to give you from a sales and marketing standpoint is how easy would it be for you during your social routine this week when you go to your grocery store, pull out your Facebook Live, and do a live about the grocery store. Give them a great review. The local grocery store, right? When you go to your local coffee shop, do a review on the coffee shop. Do those things to partner with local businesses to get their branding out and your branding out. It's a great way to cross-pollinate. And then I think really from an action item that I would even focus on more is this idea of being you versus being someone else. And what I want to say is that you're going to listen to this podcast searching for the golden nuggets because we're all doing that. It's why we read. It's why we listen to podcasts. It's why we do all these things. And what I loved and what was so powerful about this podcast to me with Bubba sharing at the end is success to him. He wanted to be, he wants to live a wealthy life, not a rich life. Meaning in the sense of it wasn't about the money, success to him is being able to have the freedom in his life to be able to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, with who he wants to do it with. And I think that's a great way to look at how do I find the authentic me? What is that freedom that you're after? What is it, that passion that you love that he talked about? Write that down, then write down what he said. Who can you help in that passion? Who needs that passion? And once you find that, the reason why I think this is a great action item for you is because when you face controversy, suffering, when you have to sacrifice in your life, Right. So now at Reminder Media and our journey, it's a time of like perseverance. We're pushing through. It's, it's, we're rebuilding. We're trying to get to the next level. When you hit plateaus, when you hit valleys, however you want to describe it, what will carry you through is not the accolades that you're after. It's not the bank account that you have. It is that vision for the passion that gets you going every morning to accomplish that vision. And that only comes from a true place of authenticity. And so the reason why I'm speaking long here at the end to close out on this action item, because of all the tangible tips you hear on the podcast, none of them will be successful until you solidify what that passion is, what that authentic you is that Bubba's talking about. His whole life changed on that core principle. And remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single industry I've had the privilege of talking to and working with is top producers take action. So don't just hear my rant right now and let it pass through your ears between the six inches. <laughs> Embed it in your mind and act upon it. Take action on that today, guys. 